All right. You are listening to the 29 Steps Podcast. I am your co-host, Jason Ayton, and I'm here with two very special guests who are friends of mine, Jeff and Aaron Youngren. Guys, thank you for joining me. Oh, you are welcome. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're really excited to be here. Very excited. So Jeff and Aaron, I'm going to let them explain a little bit about what they do because I think it will be a really valuable conversation, but... The short version, and then I'll let them correct the short version, are that they are photographers in San Diego. However, calling them photographers really does a disservice because the reason I wanted to have them on this podcast is that you guys are like bona fide entrepreneurs. You have a <laughs> lot of things going on and you are, I, I the reason I say that is in this, I, I mean, I was a photographer for a long time and I've still think that that's a fantastic industry, but I do think that a lot of people who might be listening to this know somebody who's a wedding photographer or a photographer, and they have a picture in their mind of what that means. And that's not you guys. Okay. And I mean that in a good way. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about the Youngrens and everything that you have going on? Yeah, of course. It is It is really funny because whenever we explain our business, people are like, wait, what? Um, we have been wedding photographers ever since Jeff and I got married back in 2006. And we spent many years traveling the world, photographing weddings. It was our full-time job. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. And then in 2012, we expanded. And so we created an additional wedding photography studio that has photographers that shoot for it. And then we also purchased a local commercial photography studio. And so now, today, instead of it just being the two of us working out of our guest bedroom in our house with our cat, <laughs> um, we have a 4,000 square foot commercial shooting space um, in our studio. And we have a team of photographers that works for us. We have an employees. We have a staff. And um, we have three different brands that we run. There's the two of us as the Youngrens, then there's Associate Wedding Photography Brand and our Commercial Photography Brand. And we also educate other photographers on how to run successful businesses. So we have a lot going on. And we have a two-year-old, his name is James, and we have another one on the way. So we've, we've got a lot on our plate, but it's always very, very fun. So that's what I think happens when we tell people what we do. There's like that look of like, are you guys crazy or really smart? Little column A, little column B. I think. Little, I think that's all entrepreneurs. I think, I think so. <laughs> I, I think that. Well, I I've known them. I, I guess it's probably been ten years now. They are very smart. They might be a little bit crazy, but they are very <laughs> very smart. So I, I'm going to just vouch for them. So one of the, and I will say that they are extraordinarily talented photographers, but. I think as I've watched the two of you over the years, the thing I've been the most impressed with is you are very smart business people. And I guess I'm kind of curious because a lot of people who listen to this podcast, they may not necessarily be running their own business, but they certainly are um, entrepreneurial in spirit, if not in practice yet. But one of the things that they all have in common is that well, this is true for all of us. We're all sort of working from home. We're all trying to figure out how do we do the thing that we used to do that was, we had a rhythm and a routine and a system in place. And now, I mean, it's 2020, none of those things exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And what you talked about how you ran a business out of the spare bedroom of your home, 
which I've stayed in before, that spare bedroom that you used to run a business out of <laughs> way back in the day. That's true. Um, so it's I can, true. so it was true. It's a real thing that there's, what they're saying is a real thing. And then you took on all of these, like a physical space, right? So you, you were no longer working from your home and now you're back working from home, right? And, and so what has that up and down been like for you guys? It's obviously you have the benefit of having worked from home before. So we have the benefit of having 14 years of experience under our belt, being our own bosses. And what that means is that we are the boss of our own schedule. And for a lot of people this year, that became a brand new thing. Like we have never, not never, we had corporate jobs for the first four, three to four years of our, of running our business at the same time. So we've had corporate jobs. We've worked for other people before, but for a long time, we have had to make our own schedule. And that is a skill and a practice that you have to develop over time because it can be very, very deceptive as to how um, wonderful that freedom can be. And that freedom that you have to kind of determine your own schedule, if you don't have someone determining it for you, it can be deceptive as to how um, how that that's, that feels like freedom. But unless you get it under control and you understand how to manage your time, that freedom quickly becomes a trap because you can find yourself spinning your wheels or not really knowing what to do and when. And it can honestly become overwhelming having no structure around your time. And so for anyone that's been untethered from, you know, someone telling them what to do or from their normal, you know, go to work, sit at your desk or do whatever it is and then come home and having those boundaries, when those boundaries have been removed, it takes time to learn what to do with that. And so thankfully in March, when we all had to go remote because our staff all works here at the studio, which we are all back at the studio now, but in March when we all had to go remote, it wasn't a huge adjustment for Jeff and I because we spent our time back and forth between our home and the studio anyways. I only work part-time with having my son, Um, so I work two days a week, and then during the other hours, I'm working from home in the mornings during naps, things like that. But then our staff did have to get used to it because they don't work remote typically. And so we did have to coach them and guide them through what that looks like for sure. And we do like having them here in person back at the studio more than being remote. Um, And so as soon as we could get people back here safely, then we got people back here. And thankfully, we have a big space. We have separate offices for a lot of people. And so we're able to make that a safe transition for everybody for sure. What's been your experience, Jeff? Yeah, I think um, the benefit for us was that we had already been doing like time blocking for a while. Like we, we we had an idea of what we did when and what we set aside for what, because, you know, like you said, you're, you're part-time, I'm full-time. We share some of the childcare of our son. And so there's this back and forth. So we had that already dialed in. And so when we all had to go remote, we just pulled up our schedules and changed around our time blocks, put on some new color coding and called it a day, but then had to begin teaching that to our staff. But I think the cool benefit that's come from that is now that we are back in the studio together with everyone, everybody learned about each other, what their time blocking was. They learned what their focus time is, what their flow time is, like the different times that they've set aside. And so I can be at the office and get interrupted a lot less than I was pre-COVID because people be like, oh, Jeff is in his 
his focus time right now. Don't bother him. He's, he's thinking about stuff. It um, really, it really was like three or four months of everyone learning how to manage their time better, which yeah. was a great benefit. I mean, we got to find all any silver linings we can possibly find during this year in 2020, um, because it has been a very difficult year for photographers. I mean, our business is centered around big events. Our commercial side um, and our wedding side are both um, like big events is what we do. And so it has been a year where we've lost 70% of our revenue in 2020. So it's been a very difficult year on the business side. But um, we've also, because we have developed systems over the years on how to manage our time, Jeff is talking about our time blocking system, which I would love to share with your listeners um, what that looks like, because it applies to anyone who works remotely or anyone who's kind of manages their own time for sure. It's a very flexible, wonderful system that I love. But um, because we had that system in place and because we have ways of setting our goals and tracking our goals with our team already, we've been able to move our business forward this year as far as working on the business, getting big priorities done, working towards our goals, even though the revenue hasn't been there simply because our main thing is not occurring in 2020. And we're unsure when they're going to come back online again. You know, we're recording this towards the end of 2020. We don't know what 2021 is going to look like. We've had to pivot some of our products and you know, it's been an interesting year of, of keeping our business going during a time when what we do doesn't exist. So there are a lot of things that I want to unpack and I definitely want to get to time blocking. Cause I, that I, I love that. Uh, one of the things you mentioned when you guys were explaining kind of who you were, is you talked about educating photographers and the thing you didn't mention. And the thing I should have mentioned is that you also co-host a podcast Mostly Aaron, is that fair to say? I mean, yeah, I yeah, get Jeff occasionally, but mostly Aaron. Okay, we'll give her the credit. I'm just all about making sure we give the right credit. Giving me any Jeff kind understands. of co-host uh, credit is an overstatement to begin with. You know, I always call okay. Aaron, people. People say better half. I always say better seven eighths because Aaron is really, she's she is the one that makes this thing happen. But yeah, she has a great podcast, Creative Rising. Yeah, Jeff, you and I are in the same boat here. We both married way beyond what we ever would have deserved. But um, <laughs> it's true. You're you're about three episodes maybe into the fourth season of that. And the first episode this season, episode 401, you talked very candidly and very honestly about what you just said about your business and the impact that this has had on there. And I thought it was incredible because, I mean, I've, I've interviewed quite a few people for this podcast and, and nobody gets that candid, but I think the reality is that everyone who's listening feels the exact same way. So f- the first thing I'm going to suggest is when you're done listening to this, go back and listen to that and then subscribe because it's a fantastic podcast. But you bring up something that's really interesting, which is that your job or your business as photographers, specifically wedding photographers, as well as commercial sort of have these two components. And part of those part, one of those components requires you literally to be in the same space at the same time as whatever it is you're photographing, right? There's a lot of things we can do remotely, but photography still is really not one of them, especially event photography. And then there's this other part of your job that you you absolutely can do remotely, right? You can, you can edit photos from home. You can even have consultations with clients from home. All those things can happen. So I kind of imagine that there was a little bit of a tension there, uh, you know, and in, even now figuring out how you, how you do that. So I'm kind of curious, like 
like what that's been like. And I, and I definitely want listeners to go back and listen to the episode. So I don't want to go through the whole, everything that you have already described in that episode, but just what, what was that tension like between we have these people who are on staff who can still work anywhere, but what are we going to have them do? Yeah, absolutely. That question of like, okay, what do we do? Even if you are working, um, you know, we were able, we were definitely, we were beneficiaries of the PPP program, which was huge for us, the paycheck, paycheck protection program, which was amazing and definitely necessary for us for sure. And that allowed us to bring our people back much earlier than we ever would have been able to. But when we brought them back, events still were not happening and mm-hmm. they still are not happening. I mean, we like out of all of our weddings, Jeff and I shot four this year and two of those four were elopements. One happened before COVID. So out of the 20 weddings, we, we, the two of us usually shoot much less our associate brand, you know, really just one wedding has stuck around in 2020. The rest are happening in 2021 or have been canceled altogether. And so what do you do with, with your people? Well, we chose to work on the business and work on some different priorities. We, our commercial brand also does headshots. And so as soon as it was safe to start doing headshots kind of one-on-one with someone else, then we started doing those. Um, so that's been big for us this year, uh, because you can safely photograph someone six feet away in open spaces. You know, our commercial studio is really large. We have ventilation roll up doors. So we were able to bring those back online. Um, Product photography, where you have non-human subjects, has been good for us this year. Very good, very good. (laughs) So we've focused on headshots and products a lot. Um, Events are just such a, it's the bulk of our revenue. We do hundreds of events every year, um, multi-day conferences, multi-day events, multiple photographers. You know, we have four to five photographers out at a job on any given day at different jobs. And so... That was just the vast majority of our business. But we do have these other product lines that we do that we've been able to focus on a lot more this year. So that's been good having that time to do that. But, you know, we are anticipating when events will come back online. Weddings should come back sooner probably um, than corporations wanting to do big conferences again. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so I think the only thing I would add was that it was beneficial that going into COVID, we had very clear goals with what we wanted to do with the company, not just this year, but we have our three year and five year and beyond goals. And so when all of a sudden our team was freed up because they weren't shooting and they were kind of just sitting around in the office waiting for something to do, waiting for a headshot or a product, we knew what stuff we could work on. So it wasn't like we were just coming up with things out of the blue of like, all right, everybody grab a broom because we're going to clean the studio. It wasn't like that. It was like, cool. Well, now we have time to do X, Y, and Z. Um, So that was that was definitely a gift, but uh, yeah, the the whole flip side to this year, which has been very interesting, because people there's there's been multiple uh, stories that come out when you talk to different people. Some some folks, their business has not existed, and so they haven't had much to do, understandably. And it's been a year of boredom. For Jeff and I, it's been the opposite, and part of that is also having a child. Um, because childcare has been erased, and so we had to share childcare between the two of us as well as run this business. So. Um, we have been busier than ever as far as working on our business. And so we feel like we've been working harder and uh, more this year than any other year in our business, even though our client load has been far, far less. And that's because we've been working towards a lot of big priorities to keep our business going and to keep it on track. 
So you, I really want to talk about some of that working in the business, but I, I want to go back for a second to your team because you said something that I think if you could unpack it a little bit, you talked about coaching them on, on what they could do in terms of managing their time. So I, I'm really interested in for a team who is used to like, I go to the studio and I do this or go to the project and I do this, or I sit at this computer and I do this. And suddenly that's not the case. What were some of the actual practical things that you did to help coach them to help them to create the structure so that they could continue to be productive in a very different environment? Yeah. So we have a, we have our time blocking system that we, um, that we, Jeff and I use in our business. And then we've, you know, filtered that down to our team members as well. And our, when I say time blocking, that's, a, that's a word that, you know, pops up all over the internet and there's a lot of different versions of it. And the version that I'm not talking about with time blocking is the version that's like, map out your day down to every 15 minutes and say, okay, I'm going to spend 30 minutes on just quote general marketing or these 20 minutes on email or these 30 minutes on sales. Like that as an entrepreneur, that doesn't work. It's not sustainable. Your days are different. Things are happening and you have to be able to flex and respond to whatever's going on in your business. And so the time blocking that I've developed over these years of being a photographer and working for myself is much more flexible and they're bigger time blocks. And so I've created three specific time blocks that we use in our business. And the first one is called focus time. And this really is the one that if anyone is going to implement anything or learn anything from, uh, from listening to this, it's focus time. And focus time is time that you set aside to work on important work. And what I mean by important work is all of the stuff in your business that is really important to get done and will move your business forward, but it's not urgent. And so it's something that you just never get to because nothing is pushing you to do that work. And that focus time is what will actually drive your business forward if you set it aside and if you actually do it. And so with our staff, you know, we said, okay, there's certain stuff in your job. There's certain priorities in your job that don't have a due date. It's not, you know, you don't, a, a client isn't asking for something or there's not a deadline. There's not a workflow tied to this, but it's something important that you need to do. And so set aside some focus time every week to get to that important work. And so that was the first big thing that we implemented into our business, like globe globally. Yeah, the idea of the idea of telling people, giving people permission to set aside time for focus time, and with focus time, we always say that the block should be at least two, a two-hour block. And so those are those are big projects that you're setting aside two hours to get things done. Um, and then, I mean, do you want to talk about flow and flex or? Yeah, so focus time is just for anyone that is working anyone who doesn't have anyone telling them what to do with their job, when you have flexibility in your job, implement focus time. And the best resource to learn how to do this is to read the book Deep Work by Cal Newport. I mean, this book is just all about focus time. Um, 
because that's what focus time is. It's time to do deep work. The work that takes a lot of mental energy, the work that takes a lot of um, a lot of effort to get done. You know, it's things like implementing a whole new system into your business, um, rethinking an entire pricing strategy, bringing a new product online, uh, reinventing a marketing uh, initiative that you're putting together. Those are the things that will drive your business forward and get you to your ultimate goals. And when you're the owner of the company, you're going to have a lot more focus time than any of your staff probably will. Because your staff will be working more on like the day-to-day keeping the business running. But as the owner, it is really important that you set aside this time to think strategically, move your business forward, and be the CEO of your company. Um, If you are a solopreneur, you're working by yourself, then you are the CEO as well as the staff. So it's really critical that you set aside this focus time to step into that CEO role and think strategically about how to move your business forward. And then the second time block is called flow time, and that's where you get to do all the day-to-day stuff to move your business forward. So let me ask a question. I I interviewed Sean Blanc, who is the guy behind the suite setup, and they write about all kinds of apps and stuff like that. And he's a real big sort of how to be efficient and productive and stay focused. And he talks about how to avoid what he calls dual focus, not to be confused with focus time. But the, the idea there is that you should separate the time where you think about what you need to do from the time where you actually do what you need to do. Because if as a writer, for example, if I get up in the morning and try to come up with something to write about, I'll never write about anything. I just sit there and think about things to write about, but I have to, I have to block, block that time differently. I call it chunking. You're calling it time blocks is way more elegant than what, what I, the way I refer to it. But so, and I think that's a struggle that a lot of people have. I, I, we have four kids. I get it. Like my day looks different all the time and they're trying to do virtual school, which we won't even get into right now. Be thankful that James is too. That's all I'm going to say. But I have to to set aside time just to think about what I'm going to do tomorrow morning when I get up at five o'clock to write because that way I can just get up and write. And I think, I'm guessing, and I don't know if this is true, you can tell me for your team that that's the challenge because when you sit down at the desk, you have a pile of things to do and then you also have to figure out what else belongs in that pile and what doesn't belong in that pile. So I'm just kind of curious how all that fits together. Yeah, absolutely. So with um, with our business and with how we structure our time, we create a weekly schedule of these time blocks. And so we block out our focus times, um, you know, wh- what days and what times those are going to happen every week. For some people, it might be you get to do two hours of focus time once a week and that's it. That's great. If you're doing that, you are making big progress on your business. If you can do more than that, awesome. But do at least two hours once a week. And then implement the other time blocks throughout the week in a schedule. So you know exactly when you're starting work, when you're ending work, when you are doing your focus times, when you're doing your flow times, and when you're doing your flex time, which is the last time block. But your flow time is the time block when you get to do all of the tasks that just day-to-day run your business. So this is things like emails, phone calls, meetings, um, any any sort of work that you have to do to run your business. So for a photographer that's editing photos and delivering photos, that's a huge part of our, our time that we spend at the desk. And so, <clears throat> and that is probably going to be 
the majority of the time that you spend in your business is flow time. You're going to have a ton of flow time, especially if you're a solopreneur or especially if you're the one responsible for getting things done in your business. Um, Flex time is the last time block where you get to be flexible. So flex time for me is when I'm home with James and he takes a nap during the day. And so I am not ever guaranteed that nap time. Like he may decide just to be a two-year-old and not nap for whatever reason, or I don't know when he's going to wake up. And so that's flex time for me where I plan to work, but if I don't want to, I don't have to. Like I can do the laundry or, you know, read a book or take a nap or take a shower, you know, whatever needs to happen in order to serve my life. And so plan a few hours into your week, every week where you can have that flex time to serve your life and to give you the flexibility to, you know, go out to coffee with a friend or go on a walk or whatever feeds your soul, especially if you're a creative, it's really important to give yourself that time. And so once you've decided when these time blocks are going to be throughout your week, then you can plan which tasks are going to happen when. So I always recommend at the end of your work week, whatever day that is, if it happens to be Friday, then at the end of that day, just take a look at the next week and kind of plan out when you're going to get things done. And so that way, when you get to the next week, you're spending far less time spinning your wheels trying to decide what to do and you're actually doing it especially with focus times. Like if you plan ahead, okay, I'm going to work on this project this next week during these focus times, then you can just sit down and get to work right away. But first you have to have that schedule in place to understand when you're doing things throughout the week. And then you can drop tasks into those different time blocks that make sense for you. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I mean, and you touched on that too, Jason, like it's not good to be sitting down at your desk and then saying, hmm, what should I do? It's better to have a time where you're like, taking all the things that you know you have to do and putting them in the right places. So when you sit down at five in the morning, you don't spend that first 15 minutes figuring out what to write. You know what you're supposed to write um, in your example. Um, Yeah. And and I like, oh, go ahead, Erin. And I just want to mention that, so my personality, I, I thrive in structure and I do really well at creating structure. Jeff is not one of those people. No, no, not. <laughs> so Jeff, I mean, the two of us reflect a lot of different entrepreneurs in the world. There's a lot of people like me who are very structured, very like, you know, I'm, I know what I'm going to do when, and I'm very good at like keeping to my discipline schedule. Um, Jeff is one of those people that loves freedom and he sees any kind of structure as like a trap. And so for him, it's been a bigger adjustment to get used to these schedules and to see these schedules as a form of freedom. Because you have to shift your mindset from seeing like having a routine and these boundaries in place as trapping your time when really the chaos that you're experiencing when you don't organize your days, that chaos is the actual trap. Because that's when you're spinning your wheels. That's when you don't get anything done. That's when you're sitting there wondering what the heck you should do with your time instead of actually moving your business forward. But when you decide what you're going to do, then you sit down and you do it and you know You don't have to be thinking about anything else. You're freeing yourself up from thinking about all of the things on your to-do list. When you shut down your laptop at the end of the day and you want to go have dinner with your family, you can go have dinner and know that whatever's left on your to-do list is going to get done throughout the week because you've already planned it out. That's where the freedom comes in. And so for personalities like Jeff, who 
you know, thrive in that like open-ended, I want to do whatever I want, whenever <laughs> I want. Um, shifting that mindset is incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's been really good for me to do that. I mean, it was, it was definitely an adjustment and I felt like I had my very own time blocking coach in you because, <laughs> uh, you know, early on when we started doing this, um, we were weekly looking at it and I was like, Aaron, this isn't working for me. It's still not working for me. It's still not working for me. But um, yeah, when I, when my mindset shifted to see that the benefit was knowing when I was going to do stuff and how I was going to do it, which then gave me freedom to do the, you know, my creative things or the random things, um, that's where it shifted for me. And that's why I suggest using like bigger time blocks because yeah. then when you hit flow time, you can just say, okay, which of my flow time da tasks do I want to work on right now? Like you can still choose what do you feel like working on, but you're just limiting yourself to a category of tasks. And so um, I know for Jeff, like it's definitely been a practice and that's true for anybody. If you've never done anything like this before, you're not going to start doing this the first week and be perfect at it. Like this takes time. And I refer to any of this kind of time blocking or scheduling or time management in general as a practice. You need to practice at this and you will always be practicing. You're going to do great at it on some days, not so great other days. Some weeks are going to go well. Other weeks you're going to totally flop. That's okay. You're practicing and you're learning and you will get better. So a lot of entrepreneurs are very type A and very have perfectionist streaks about them. And so you always want to do everything perfectly as soon as you start. That's not how it's going to go. You're going to need to practice and get better at it over time and adjust that schedule until it actually works for you, until it's the right balance, the right mix that that actually works for your life. And then when things change, when a season changes, when something like COVID hits, your schedule is going to change and it's going to adjust to it. So, so Jeff, I suspect I don't have any data, but I suspect most people <laughs> who have been through the last seven months are probably more similar to you in that the idea of having to map out even blocks of time, not even the minutia of here's the task I'm doing at this time. It feels like, ah, why are you, no, stop. Um, but you said <laughs> that there was a point where your mindset shifted. Was there something specific that other than the fact that, you know, you in the two of you are in an interesting situation that's probably unique. Well, it's definitely unique in that you're a married couple working on a business together. That's not the case for, you know, my wife's a nurse. A lot of people, right, they have very different, so they don't have someone who's like, no, this is the thing that has to happen in this shared, right, you know, uh, enterprise that we're working on. But was there a specific thing besides just the fact that you had a great coach that helped you in that shift? Because I'm looking for something that other people can sort of resonate with. Yeah, I think um, the big thing was when I started to include the personal things that happened outside of work in my time block. So um, like I have on my weekly schedule when I am waking up James and enjoying breakfast with him and having a slow morning with him. And that's a priority for me or um, what time I'm ending the day. So this is the wind down, head home from the studio, play with James, make dinner because I do all the cooking in the house. I love cooking. So I have that blocked out of making dinner and then spending time with Aaron. So when I had those bookends of the things that like are my life that I really love, then it became clear like, okay, this is the limited time that I actually have. And if I'm going to make the most of my time, then I need to kind of portion it out accordingly. And I think, um, you know, when I say 
there was a shift. It was more of just what Aaron said of trying it on, of practicing, of seeing how it works and adjusting it every, every single week. So, you know, my first version did not work. It made me go crazy. And then slowly but surely being like, yep, this is, this is working better. I had a better day. I think I need to have more focus time or less focus time or more flex time or, um, you know, realizing that having, you know, getting together with a friend is actually really important, socially distanced, you know, disclaimer, <laughs> but, um, uh, that stuff really made it, made it better for me is just understanding that the point of this, it's not a productivity thing. It's not a business profitability thing. It is a, how do you enjoy your life and how does your business support your life and not run it? That's the whole point. And that was, I think that was the mindset shift for me is to realize that this whole thing is meant to support my life. And it's not that I am trying to be as productive as possible during the day, get as many tasks done as I possibly can. And then if I have some time left over, then I should play with my son. Nope, that's not the truth. The truth is, here's what my life needs to be. Here's what I'm doing this for. Work needs to fit into those boundaries. Yeah, that's a great reminder. And I remind my students about this all the time because my I teach wedding photographers and I teach them these systems and these schedules and I remind them all the time, this schedule is not your boss. Like it's not meant to be your boss. You are not meant to live for this schedule. The schedule is meant to live for your life. And so it's meant to support what you want from your life. And so adjust that schedule as needed until it actually supports the life that you want to live. And I do encourage them, include things like your wake up morning routine, your time with your family. Make sure you block that time out and create boundaries around that because that is so important to remember that there is there's life outside of your business. For so many entrepreneurs, your business takes over so quickly, um, especially when you're not going out and doing as, as many social things as you typically are in a year like 2020. But blocking out that personal time, not like deciding what you're going to do with your personal time, but just saying this time from 5 p.m. on is my personal time and no work happens during that time. And that's what I've decided. And I'm going to um, keep to that and honor that commitment to myself. Um, Saturdays, I don't open my laptop or whatever your weekend days are. Decide like I'm not going to work on those days. Those are set aside for personal time, making those decisions and those commitments and then clearly communicating them to whomever they need to be communicated to. If that's a spouse or a business partner or a family, that is critical. People need to know what you're doing with your time in order to help you keep those commitments. So during focus time, you should have no distractions. And so communicate that with whoever typically distracts you. If it's your kids or your family, you know, let them know this is focus time and I'm unavailable during this time F or find a time that you can be unavailable. For me, my focus times are early in the morning um, before James wakes up and then Jeff takes care of his morning routine. So that's the only time I have to be completely focused and distraction free. I don't love waking up early in the morning. Jeff will attest to this. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> No comment. <laughs> I am not a morning person, but I've had to practice at it. And I've had to practice and get my body used to waking up earlier. And um, being pregnant, it's definitely a lot different waking up earlier than it is otherwise. But that is something that I enjoy the benefits that I gain from working on my business early in those hours enough to override the, 
you know, not wanting to wake up in the morning. And so that's been a constant practice for me to wake up early and to reset my, my body clock to make that time happen. And I think this is the thing. This is like the struggle that I think so many entrepreneurs have and we have had for a long time. It's just like a, a struggle that everybody has, which is I'm an entrepreneur. Therefore, I need to work as hard as I can with every waking moment that my eyes are open. That's what I have to do. I have to hustle. The hustle is real. Get it going. Like work hard and then play hard occasionally is kind of the mentality. And it's just not sustainable. It's not good for you, for your family, for anybody. Um, you're getting stuff done, but at what cost? And so, yeah, it's so important to have your life blocked in to your schedule just as much as getting stuff done. Well, and I think that especially now when there's so little that you can control about what's happening in the world around you. I mean, Aaron, I completely res I, I start working at five o'clock in the morning every day and it's not because no one likes getting out of bed. No one. It, it doesn't matter what you have planned for the day unless you are a child on Christmas morning. No one wants to get out of bed. Right. But I do really enjoy the fact that working from from five till seven thirty means that I don't have to be stressed if I can't get to something later because I have three kids who can't get on Zoom and they all have to be on at the same time. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, why the teacher didn't send us the code to log into the past. I mean, it, that's life. This is real life. And so, but, it, you know, so that benefit works. And I, I had a conversation, Jeff, I want to circle back to something you said with Kathleen Hogan, who's the chief people officer at Microsoft, because they were adding a feature to Microsoft Teams that they call virtual commute. Because one of the things that they noticed that people really were struggling with is that when you're working from home, you go from like work and as soon as you open that door, it's real life, right? Like your family's there. People have, have a list of things they've been waiting for. And when you work in an office somewhere, you might commute for 30 minutes. You might commute for an hour. And it gives you time to sort through all of the things that happened through the day. And on the way in the next morning, it, you have time to think about the conversations you need to have or, you know, filter through your email. Not if you drive yourself, obviously. But <laughs> maybe if you drive yourself, I don't know, whatever, no judgment. But that time has been lost when you literally have a desk in your living room or whatever. And so you talked about how valuable that time is for you. And I'm just curious, just for a minute, expand on like, was that something that you missed when you were working not in your studio? And what's the value to you of that? Yeah. You know, so, um, we call that transition. So on my schedule, I'll actually write down transition to work. And, and I think um, that's really brilliant that they're, that they're including a, a feature called commute because that is exactly what we do. We do this transition where it's a um, kind of no man's land. It's not just a switching, uh, flipping a switch. Like work is over, therefore now it's time to put food in this child's mouth. It's, uh, you know, work, work is over. I'm still at my desk. I'm going to kind of debrief on what I did. I might journal a few minutes or things like that and just kind of slowly exit out of it. But I'll have these transition times of 15 minutes, which is, you know, a, a quick commute. We've never had a long commute. The longest commute we've had when we um, had our studio was, is right now, right? 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's the longest commute. It was four minutes at one point. But <laughs> so we don't need that much transition, but I think it is really important. It's important to kind of, uh, not go from screen to activity, but to go from screen to looking out the window, even if it's just a little bit. Yeah, this has been, this is also a, another practice that 
is really important to implement into your days because it's very tempting to go from one thing to the other back to back to back. And I am super guilty of this because I just want to maximize my time and get things up, do things up until the last minute I possibly can and then jump into a meeting. And then I get into that meeting and my head is not prepared whatsoever for that meeting. Um, And so implementing that transition time and giving yourself permission for that will make you more productive and better at what you do. Um, And as a parent, as a mom, I'm going to speak to all those moms out there, giving yourself time to get ready in the morning is huge. And this is something that I had to put in my schedule because it wasn't happening. I'd wake up at, you know, five in the morning and I'll just sit down in my pajamas and I'll do work. Um, And then... I wouldn't give myself time to actually get dressed and brush my teeth and, you know, get ready before being with James and going into my day of being a mom. And then the rest of my day just feels like haphazard. I don't feel ready. I don't feel, you know, good about myself. And so I had to build in time and cut my focus time a little bit shorter and say, you know what, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes here to get ready, have some breakfast, and then I can feel ready to actually be a mom mentally and physically. And so I think that's for any parent, but then for anybody in general, um, giving yourself that time. Uh, I don't, it's not the healthiest habit to wake up and jump right into work. Like having some sort of morning routine to fuel yourself at the beginning of the day is really important. And so have like, I think a best practice is having like nine, the first 90 minutes of your day should be for you to fuel yourself. That seems very daunting to a lot of people, especially if you have children. Like your time does not feel like your own if you have kids, but giving yourself at least 30 minutes before starting your day or before being on somebody else's schedule is huge. Like for a long time, I was waking up when James would wake up and just have to go straight into that. But that never felt good. It never felt right. I never felt ready for the day. And so when I did start waking up early after he was born um, and doing work or getting myself ready before he was waking up, that was a game changer. So if you're a parent and you're just waking up when your kids wake up, I highly encourage you to wake up even just 10 minutes before. Your kids might wake up at 5.30 in the morning. I totally get it. My kid wakes up between 7 and 7.30. We love that. It's fantastic. But give yourself even just 10 minutes before they wake up and then you'll see the results and how much different you'll feel throughout the day. Yeah, and I, I, I remember, I don't remember how long ago it was, but I remember a piece that I wrote was about how like these highly productive people that, I mean, people we would all agree have been fairly productive in their life, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and, you know, Jack Dorsey, how they get so much done. And the overwhelming takeaway was when they wake up in the morning, they do something else first. Like, that's the rule. Do something else first. Don't pick up your phone and look at your email. Don't check social media. Go for a walk. Get on the treadmill. Treadmill. Read a book. Read the newspaper. Like, it doesn't really matter what it is. It just has to be something else before you dive into work because otherwise you just won't stop, right? There has to be some kind of boundary around that. So I, I, really, I really love that endorsement, kind of, of that idea and hearing how you guys do that, practically speaking, because it, it is a challenge. My kids are not quite as young as yours, and I generally have to drag them out of bed. 
but I still value having time in the morning before chaos happens, right? And it is chaos with four of them. So the the last thing I was I'd love to hear from you guys, just real practically speaking, what are some of the like tools, whether they're apps that you love or things things that you've put into place that have helped you guys to do this? Like the other people can be like, oh yeah, I can go use Asana or I can like here's this thing on my iPhone that I use that I love that helps me keep track of the time and whatever it is. Are there a few of those things that you guys just love? Yeah. I, okay. I just got a really cool tool. I'm going to tell you all about it. You guys ready for this? <laughs> this is going to fly off the shelves when I talk about it, but I literally, it's very high tech. I wish I had it to show you cause it's not in this room, but it is literally a kitchen egg timer. You guys, um, I got a cool little kitchen egg timer, 20 bucks on Amazon and um it's you know zero to 60 minutes and when i have decided that i'm going to do something in my time block i'm like i'm giving myself 30 minutes for this i set it and it goes on my desk and it reminds me of the time i've committed and it keeps me focused and it is i have tried pomodoro apps and i have like downloaded every single one of them from the, the app store and i can't find the one that works quite right but man a 20 dollar egg timer brilliant i love it jeff literally carries it around the studio with him and he brought it to like one of our team meetings the other day and <laughs> he's just been bragging about it. And it's like, what did we name it? Timey? Uh, Tim. T oh, Timmy. His, <laughs> you spell his name T-I-M-E, but it's pronounced Timmy. Yep. Timmy the timer. Yep. And so, no, he's he loves this timer. And honestly, when it comes to apps and software and all that kind of stuff, what we found is the simpler it is, the better. And the more complicated it is, usually... Um, the less we are apt to keep to it. It's important that you want to use it. If it's complicated, you don't use it. Yeah. And then, it, then what's the point? Absolutely. And that's why this time blocking system, I, tr I try to make it as simple as possible. Three time blocks, big time blocks. Here's your category of tasks. And um, I, like Asana, is the backbone of our studio. We use it constantly, day in, day out. That is the lifeline of what we do. And I map out my schedule in Asana. I create sections and I drag and drop tasks into my different time blocks. And so that to me was the simplest way to keep track of things. So it, there's nothing fancy about it. Just in my per personal to-do list, I have sections. Here's my Monday focus time, Tuesday focus time, Thursday flow time, and I'll drag and drop tasks. Yeah, I mean, practically speaking, for any of you that use Asana, when you're in your My Tasks, like your Home Tasks panel, you can create sections. And so we just have a section that says Monday focus time, Tuesday focus time, whatever. And we just take, as tasks come up, we put them in there and then we know what they are moving forward. And then at the end of the, every day, we take a look at what we got done, what we didn't get done, and we kind of rearrange for the next day um, and go from there. And so I can kind of see my full week outlined with my tasks in Asana. And so that's been a really great tool for me. Um, between that and literally using a simple egg timer, like nothing fancier than that. Uh, has been the most effective by far. Another um, I, quick, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just real quickly, I want to hear what you had to say, but what I love about the egg timer is if you're listening to this, you can't see Jeff right now like I can, but he's wearing an Apple watch and I don't know if you know this, but they have a timer. And it's like real <laughs> simple. You just tap it, it starts. You can set it for different times or whatever. But here's the thing. So, and I'm joking. Well, it really does have that. I know that that's true. But I never do it on my on my watch. I never start that timer on my watch, even though it's there and I wear my watch all the time. 
I love that you have this physical, tangible thing, right? Like it's sitting there. You, it's hard. I mean, it's an egg timer. It's hard to miss. It's not. Yep. It's not a Google Nest thing sitting there that you could start a timer on. It's so. so I, I'm. I like. I like that. What What else were you gonna say? Yeah, it, it's. It is a really fun thing. I can't recommend it enough. Um, well, I'll send you the link to the one that I got because it's great. But um, the other thing I was gonna say is that another app that I love is called Time Lime. It's the worst name for an app, but I love it. But what I do with it is I actually, um, I actually use it as a stopwatch to record everything that I'm doing. And I basically can categorize if I'm working on finance or if I'm working on um, certain business development things, I have different categories that I hit a timer for. And why this is helpful is it helps me get to the end of my day and I can see the time that I logged. That's all, that's helpful. Cause sometimes you have days where you're like, man, what did I actually do today? Did I do anything? And you're like, oh, I, I logged eight and a half hours of work, four of which was on business development. That was a good day, but it's easy to forget about that. And then, and then further, it also helps me when I'm taking account of how the business is moving forward. I can look back at, you know, the past three weeks of data and I can see, well, that thing didn't move forward because I didn't allocate time to that area of the business. Why would it move forward? As opposed to just kind of being that, you know, dreamy entrepreneur that I am of just like, I just don't know why it's not working. <laughs> it's like, well, that's why it's not working. You didn't work on it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a great, great little app. There's a million apps that do that, but egg timer is the one that you guys should definitely use. So egg timer and Asana are the official recommendations. You know, I like that. I like mm -hmm. that. Um, well, Jeff and Aaron, I, I really appreciate you guys making the time. It's been, as always, a lot of fun to talk to you. Uh, I will link in the sh uh, show notes to Creative Rising, which I I can't endorse enough. It's a it's an incredible uh, podcast. It's it is geared somewhat more towards like wedding photographers, but you will pick up a ton of great practical help as opposed to people who are just talking about things in theory. I really enjoy that Aaron breaks things down for you and she just gives it all to you aside from that where where can people find you guys um check us out at the youngerins uh on instagram at the youngerins is a really great place to connect with us send us a dm uh we respond to all of our messages and so that's a great place to see our lives and check out our stories we post about james all the time he just potty trained you know this summer and so that was a you know fun adventure on <laughs> stories that everyone got to witness me teaching my two-year-old son how to poop on the potty. That was <laughs> great. Uh, this is real life. So, <laughs> real, real life. life. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, nothing shiny about being an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, teaching your, your child how to go to the bathroom. So that's the best place to connect with us, both on a business level and a personal level. I think we can all agree that Erin had a very successful summer. She she taught her husband how to time block his time, and she taught her son how to use the toilet. I don't know which is harder. You'll have to follow them to find out. Thank you, guys. The jury, the jury is still out on that the one. The jury is still out. Yep. It's probably me, honestly. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you for having Good us, stuff. Jason. Yeah, thank you. This was so much fun. Yeah.